Welcome to the Phoenix Nest, the podcast where bad bitches read romance. I'm Jess. And I'm Kat. And today we'll be discussing Santa Baby by Jennifer Cruzy with two novellas by Lori Foster and Carly Phillips. But before we get into the book, we'd like to remind you to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and follow us on social media. You can find us at the PHX Nest Pod on Instagram and PHX Pod on Twitter. You can also email us at the Phoenix Nest Pod at gmail.com. The links to our social media can be found in the description along with the link to our Goodreads as well as the link to our favorite independent bookstore, Mostly Books. This was your pick, Kat. Yeah, and mainly because the headliner here was someone that I recognized. Okay. And I was like, okay, I've read a Jennifer Cruzy or two in my lifetime. And uh, maybe, you know, fun holiday theme. But what we're finding is that not everyone should write holiday-themed things. Um, The exception is Alina Jacobs. She can write any holiday in the whole world. And I will read it because hers are, like, actually funny. They're funny. These ones, I think we found that we don't like anthologies. Yeah, and I'm wondering if it's because the the authors are just writing these to be in the anthology, or if this is like, when I first started writing, I wrote short stories, and here's a sexy short story, like a literotica feel. Yeah. Um, And then they're like, yeah, I'll do that and get paid, so they like shove their anthology type things all together. And You busted out a <laughs> website that I haven't heard in so long. Literotica? <laughs> Holy shit. They have an app. Took me places. They have an app now? Yeah, I don't use it. I haven't actually been on there in like a long time. There are just so many story apps and sites and stuff. Here's my favorite thing about the two of us. I read fan fiction. Yes. You read things on Literotica and Galatee and Radish. (laughs) It has to be something that's like fast paced because I read things. I read like five things at a time. So, like, I read whatever I have to read for work, plus the stories on my phone, plus the book for the pod. And, um, I mean, I can knock out our books in, like, four hours. Yeah, you read really fast. I get (laughs) distracted. Yeah, my students were like, if you read this just by yourself, how long would it take you? And I was like, probably, we were talking about Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and I was like, probably, like, four hours. And they're like, seriously? I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, then why did it take us so long? I was like, because you guys read it, and when you read aloud, you're slower than I read in my head. That's just how it works. Yeah. And they're, like, horrified. (laughs) I think that's funny. All right. So, back to Santa Baby. Oh, God. This is an anthology. I'm not apologizing. Kat's not going to apologize for this. But neither of us have enjoyed literally any of the stories in this. And this is the second anthology we've done and like you're saying, I think it's just an anthology problem. I th- yeah, I think that's what it is. It, there's not enough time to build, so they're really fast. Yeah. And we don't like when the relationship goes too quick. So the way we're going to do this, we're going to do this like we did the Fern Michaels one a couple years ago. Which was also bad. Which was also <laughs> awful. So this has three stories in it. So Kat is going to re- read the synopsis for the first one, which is called Hot Toy. Yes. Which is a very misleading title. It's called Hot Toy, and it's by Jennifer Cruzy. So if you want to go ahead and read the synopsis. Yep. Um, Okay, here we go. Jennifer Cruzy. Mayhem ensues under the mistletoe as a determined shopper grabs the very last hot toy action figure on the... Oops, off the shelf, not on the shelf. Only to find herself plunged into the middle of a real-life spy game in the arms of a sexy secret agent. Okay, 
That's essentially the whole story. <laughs> I would like to tell you all that this story was fun. I actually enjoyed this one. I think this was the best one out of the three. Yes. So this one follows, her name is what, Trudy? Yeah, but that's short for something else. It's short for a really old person name. Gertrude? Gertrude, yeah. Um, so she's Trudy and he's Nolan. And they've gone on a couple dates and she considers him to be very boring. Um, he is a Chinese literature professor. Yep. And he's just boring. He's so boring. Her, he took her to a faculty party for a date. He took her to a Chinese film festival. She's like, I didn't understand anything that was happening and you left to take a phone call. Um, but they run into each other at a cheap... It kind of reminded me of a KB Toys. <gasps> oh my god. It was like the worst toy store. That's what I was thinking too. Like a KB toy. It was horribly messy. Everything was just like crushed. And it was like you had to murder people to get through there. Yeah, that is 100% the KB god, Toys. that a long time. In the Southgate Mall in Yuma. <laughs> it was, we always went to the KB Toys because it was at... When Park Place before it was renovated. Oh, yeah. Because we didn't go to Toys R Us very often because that was expensive. We didn't have a Toys R Us until I was too old for toys. Oh. And now no one has one. Well, in New York, they apparently have them. That was the saddest millennial thing you've ever said. Now no one has one. Yeah. <laughs> no, no one has one. Unless you live in New York because yeah. I guess they're partnering. So they're going to have Toys R Us inside of like Macy's or something. It's a partnering thing. I don't get it, but... That's all right. Corporate bullshit. But that also proves my point. So anyways, <laughs> um, Trudy is looking for a toy. It's a Which Mac- sounds awful. A MacGuffin toy, and he's horrifying. He, like, spews out toxic waste, and he's got, like, guns and shit, and he's scary. And she yeah. can't find the latest model, and she finds the year, the year prior's model. And an adventure ensues between Trudy... Nolan, and this other dude that I don't even know his name. Uh-oh. Do we have to look up his name? Hold Starts on. with an R? It was a name that I thought didn't make sense. Randall? Hold on. Randy? Rudy? Hmm. I'm going to have Santa Baby stuck in my head now. I'm not singing it again. Reese. Reese. There we go. So, the idea is that... These major MacGuffins have the secret codes and all this, like, shit, right? The Chinese secret spy codes. And so when Trudy goes, she's desperate for MacGuffin. I guess we need some background on Trudy. Her family is having the worst holiday time. Yes. Because her sister's husband, who is her ex-boyfriend, Trudy's ex-boyfriend, ran off with the nanny. Yes. And is on vacation in, like, the Bahamas with the hot nanny and Ew. has left his five-year-old with his, with, with his wife. With his wife. And so they're going through the divorce stuff. So there's that whole thing. So they're, like, feeling pretty desperate about, like, we need to make this the best, the best Christmas for little Leroy. His name is Leroy. No, it's not. His name is Prescott. Okay. So, I need to preface this by saying this. We're from Arizona. We have a Prescott, Arizona. Yeah. It is pronounced Prescott. However, I think it's because it's the name. It's Prescott. Prescott. 
It's it's spelled Prescott. Yeah. But in our heads, it's Prescott. So yeah, like if you introduce me to that human, I would say Prescott. Yeah. Because I am not a middle aged white person from the East Coast. No, we're- I'm assuming that's wrong of me. But it seems accurate. It's like his full name is like really pretentious. It's incredibly pretentious. Well, and they live somewhere where it's snowy, so it's got to be East Coast. Yeah, we don't get the snows here. We well, like well, the mountains. It but that's about it. Snowed on the mountains the other day. I know, and I'm not gonna go up there. No, no, no. It gets crazy dangerous. Yes. Anyways, so they call him Leroy because of the song "Bad Bad Leroy Brown." Was the the like thing from it i guess which is probably not good no to call your child that based on whatever so they're desperate to make this christmas not terrible um the sister is like being an alcoholic drinking gin who drinks gin just plain gin gin hurts oh my god gin is like drinking rubbing alcohol I can see why people would want it if they want to get, like, that burning in your chest feeling. That would be gin. Ugh. But then you have, like, the gin and juice thing and the, like, whatever. No. Or, like, a gin in a mule is a thing. I don't know. No. I want just a regular old I might not be mule. a bartender, but I know it doesn't taste good. No. And that does not taste good. Tastes like rubbing alcohol. <laughs> so so mom's, she's desperate. <laughs> yeah. Mom's wasty pants. The uh, Aunt Trudy is out trying to find this toy. On Christmas Eve, which is like the worst idea. You know, one year I went shopping on Christmas Eve at Target and I bought all of my child's Christmas gifts for $60. Yeah. Because it's like last minute shopping. Mm-hmm. And I got everything on her list for 60 bucks. Best Christmas ever. It's surprising like what sells out and what doesn't. And it's really hard to predict. I think even though, like, obviously things sell better than others, Mm -hmm. it's hard to predict what kids want. There's always that prediction of what the hot toy is going to be, like the Tickle Me Elmo's when we were kids. No, thank you. A lot of it is just, like, themed, though. Yeah. Like, Star Wars stuff, Pokemon stuff. Yeah. LOL, whatever. Surprise. Is that what it is? LOL surprise dolls. Yeah, I don't understand. Brats for a long time. Littlest pet shop. And now they're doing all these throwbacks. So much like in this story, we're having throwbacks right now. Like uh, in Target, I saw pound puppies. (gasps) No, you didn't. Yeah, they sell them now. Listen, tell your sister if she wants to get me anything. I want the white with the brown spot pound puppy. That was the pound puppy I had when I was a kid. I remember my cousin had a bunch of pound puppies but i was at the age like it was in the 90s and it was at the time where those were slowly like fading uh-huh they were going out of style <clears throat> Ooh, style and um i was like super jealous of her pound puppies but then we started getting things like tamagotchis yeah so then i was like oh never mind i need this little tiny thing i can't keep alive by the way i bought a tamagotchi <gasps> but i'm really i'm Okay, so unpopular opinion, but I preferred Gigapets. Thank you. I was also a They were way girl. more fun. But Tamagotchi just is doing partnerships right now. Yeah. And they did a Star Wars one, so I got an R2-D2 <gasps> Tamagotchi. I had a T-Rex And Gigapet. I'm afraid to open it. They have them. I had the puppy and the kitty. I had the T-Rex and I had the frog. Just wants the white. And brown. White with brown spot pound puppy. That was my pound puppy when I was a kid, and then my sister came along, and that pound puppy went away. 
She probably threw up on it. Gross. I know. Anyways, okay. So. <sighs> tangent on. That was like way after back toys. So she finds this remake of a vintage toy that her sister never got because their dad is always like, he's quote unquote absent-minded professor, which is a thing. Yeah. But he's also kind of a douche. It's a Twinkle Toast doll, which is like the equivalent of that Style Me Barbie. Oh, yeah. We weren't allowed to have that. She looked scary, and she was only a bust. Yeah. I don't trust anything like, that's just no. a head. Well, and then, like, Cabbage Patch dolls, and then they turned, like, monstrous, and people's, like, fingers kept getting bitten off and stuff. Did you ever see those? No. So, like, they had the ones that you could feed, and they would chomp down. Ew. And... The problem was that the size of the spoon was pretty close to the size of a small child's finger. So little kids would shove their fingers in there and get the tips bit off <gasps> by the mechan- thing, mechanical That's thing. That's disgusting and scary. And then there were a lot of reports of kids, for some reason, their hair would get caught and it would eat the hair. And like, so we never had it. We never had Cabbage Patch dolls. We never had Furbies because they're creepy and they're haunted. I don't care anyone says, they're fucking scary. My child got a Furby one year and they're so awful. She left it with me. So you can intentionally make Furbies angry. And um, no, <laughs> she left you. it with me and I forgot to turn it off. Um. She'd stay, she went to stay with her grandparents or something. And I put the Furby in the front seat of my car and I was listening to Seven Nation Army. <laughs> and the next thing I know, the Furby's in the passenger seat screaming with flames in its eyes. <laughs> Seven Nation Army made it evil. <laughs> so thank you, White Stripes. I had to deal with that See, for a weekend. Like- like, that's not good. So, okay. So they have these, like, remakes of vintage toys, and one is the original MacGuffin. And um, Nolan is like, listen, I'm a collector. I'll give you $1,000 for that. And she's like, no, it's the wrong MacGuffin, but my nephew's getting what he wants. First of all, this isn't what he wants. He wants a toxic waste bullshit. He wants the one that spews out green ooze. And there's even, like, a scene in here where she tells him, like, you don't really want the current one. You want the old one. And he's like, no, I need the new one. And on and then she's like, okay, okay, whatever. And so she's refused to sell it to, like, four people at this time. Yep. She buys it. She's keeping a close eye on it. And she goes out and she's trying to hail a cab. No one will stop for her, even though her arms are full of shit. And Reese walks up and he, like, flags down in cab, no problem. She's like, how would you do that? He's like, I don't know, I just raised my arm. <laughs> She's like, cool. And he's like, listen, there's a warehouse of the new MacGuffins. You'll have to pay a lot for them. But they're selling them out the back because an order was, like, delivered wrong and no one came for them or whatever. Yeah. And she's, like, weighing the consequences and then she's like, okay, fine. And then Nolan shows up and crams himself in with them after she's like, no, you should go too. So first off. Well, first off, there's mistletoe and they start just making out. Reese and Trudy make out before Nolan gets oh, in the yeah, car, which was really part. weird. But first of all, would you ever willingly get into a cab with someone you barely know to go to a warehouse in the warehouse district where it's dark and scary to buy the latest, greatest toy? No. Okay. This is one of the things that I don't understand and i know that people are like you'll understand when you have kids you'll do anything for them to a point will i do anything for children i work with children i hear their complaints all day i get it and i get that you love your kid unconditionally and you want them to be happy yeah and she's trying to make up for his dad being a dick but also like some things just aren't possible and you just have to be honest with your child and be like listen i tried really hard 
I thought your your daddy was getting it for you, and he didn't. And when you know, we can use your gift cards. Or like that's what we did when I was little. Like my mom would be like, "You got twenty five dollars to Target, so you can go pick out your own thing." And we yeah. were like super stoked for that. It was the best when you got a gift card because then oh, you yeah. could pick your own shit out. We always got the little there these little fuzzy, you know, those, like keychain things that are like fuzzy, but they're like hard animals. And they're like, it's not fur on the outside, but they're like velvety feeling. Kind of. Okay. So they made a series of those that were scented mm-hmm. and you they were like babies and you could feed them with a little bottle and their noses would light up and stuff. Oh my God. And so those are like my obsession in like the third grade. They were super annoying and they would cry. Ugh. But that's what I always spent my Target gift cards on. It's no. amazing. Okay. I always got Barbies and I hated Barbies. We had a collection of Barbies, and we'd play with them maybe, like, two times out of the year. Do you know how we played with our Barbies? Did you get them naked and blow them up? No, we threw them on the roof to see if they'd roll back down. Oh, yeah, they don't. Well, one of them didn't. All the rest of them did. One of them didn't. Um, she was Skipper. Her big-ass feet got her stuck on the roof. Mm. And then she stayed on the roof through for, like, a full year. Did you know that if you leave a Barbie on the roof in Arizona, it will, A, get tanned, and, B, its blonde hair will now turn red? That's so creepy. My dad threw her down one year, like a year later. He's like, I got to get that damn Barbie off the roof. I got to check some shingles anyways. So he threw this Barbie back down. We washed her up. We just had a tan redhead Barbie now. <laughs> she was totally fine. Outside of being tan and redhead instead of blonde and pasty. That's weird. <laughs> That's what happens so when weird. you grew up in a weird, poor neighborhood. <laughs> just have a Barbie on your roof for a year. Okay. So they go to the warehouse. She Trudy has told her drunk sister, this is what I'm doing, this is where I'm going. And her sister's like, give me your, like, the address of where you're going. Tell me what the cabbie's number is, all this stuff, right? I'll call you every hour. Okay. But also, as the sister isn't like, are you sure you really want to do that with, like, two men you don't know very well? Blah, blah, blah. She's too drunk. She's like, go get the MacGuffin. We need it for a little baby. Like, she's a hot mess. Your sister would never do that to you. Oh, no. Your sister sister would be like. Would do the opposite. We can wait. (laughs) We won't be doing that. So they go, and it's a trap, and there's no MacGuffins. No. They want to steal. Reese is the bad guy, and he wants to steal her MacGuffin, and Nolan's trying to explain it to her. She's like, shut up, you're stupid. And then Reese is like, no, Nolan's the bad guy. And I was like- Because they're like, they're a double agent for the Chinese. And he's like, no, he's a double agent for the Chinese. No one's showing badges. No one. Because she, well, there is a part where he's like, you want to see my badge or whatever? And she's like, it's probably just fake anyways. And I'm like, honey, I feel like, and then she refuses to give up the MacGuffin. There are multiple times where they're like, just give us the doll. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just give it to us. And she's always like, no. Well, and the crazy thing is, is it's got codes in it. But at the same time, like she takes the MacGuffin out at one point. And realizes that the muffler on the gun, little toy gun, is a USB drive. She's like, that's not supposed to be that heavy. (laughs) Okay, first and foremost, how big is this doll? Because this was written in 2000 something. Where did I put my book? Over here. This was written in like 2006, 2007. Um, I'm imagining like a baby alive size doll. Hot Toy was done in 2006. Okay. So in 2006, think of how huge a USB drive is. Yeah. 
God. And I just, okay, so we have some issues here. But the end of the story is that the actual CIA or whatever he works for finally shows up. She's, like, losing her shit because they take the MacGuffin and she's like, you promised I could keep it. And they're like, listen, we got to, like, take it apart and see what else is in here. Yeah. And then she goes home. And she's all upset about it, and they have, like, a sad drinking fest. and While they build a gingerbread house. It's just, it- like, a sad, sad time. And then she gives her sister the Twinkle Toes and is like, God damn it, that's the wrong Twinkle Toes box. That's the this year's codes for the Chinese double agent. Well, and she so. knows that because she took the file, the nail file, out of the one so she could use it as a weapon. And this one has It's complete file. still, yeah. So, like... She's like, great, looks like I'll have to talk to Nolan again. She's all mad at him, right? Misplaced anger up the wazoo. Oh, yeah. And so she's like, we'll just make the best of it. And she's getting ready to tell poor little baby Leroy, we don't have a MacGuffin for you. And then there's a knock on the door. And it turns out it's Nolan. And Christmas is saved. And he's brought the old MacGuffin. But (laughs) it was just so weird. And then she's like, wait, aren't you here for the codes? And he's like, what what codes? codes? And then they're like making out. And then she gives him the new codes. And then she's like, he didn't know. He's here just to see me. Which is what he's been telling her the whole time. But she keeps telling him that he's a liar. And then that's like the end. Like they agree to go out to dinner or something. And then that's the end. Yeah. Okay. We had a lot of problems with it. However, I think if it was executed in a full length novel, this could have been a lot of fun. I think... Yeah, I can see that. I don't... I didn't love Trudy. She really annoyed me. She's also um, from 2006, so... She's still annoying. (laughs) It's true. She just had, like you said, she had a lot of misplaced anger. Right. And I understand, like, you don't know who to trust or whatever in the situation. But, like, I don't know that, like, if you're Christmas... Or if your family's well-being hinges on one toy, I don't know that that's a good thing. I don't think your family's going to make it. It's questionable at best. <clears throat> but he not he not only, not only brings the original MacGuffin, but he brings the new one, too. Right. So, okay. Like I said, I think if this was a full length, I would have liked it a lot more. Uh-huh. I think this could have been like our really cool um like action adventure romance. I think it would have been better if it was told from Nolan's perspective. Yeah. As he's trying to both woo <laughs> this obstinate woman and also figure out the the Chinese codes situation. Yes. Like I think that that would have been a much better take yeah. than the female perspective because it's largely female perspective. It's like it's third person, so it's not just Trudy's thoughts and stuff, but it's, it it would have been a lot better had it been separated that way. Yeah, yeah. So on a scale of one to five, what do you rate this one? Are we doing this comparatively to the other two? Um, ooh, I wouldn't say comparatively to the other two because I found the other two worse than this one. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm going to rate it better than the other two... I'm not comparing them to like last month's books. No. Okay. No. We're in a we're in a holiday bubble here. Yes. Um. Okay. If we're going to do our rankings compared to just these three, mm-hmm. because of the anthology, I think I'm going to give it a three. Same. 
It's got potential. I liked Nolan. Mm-hmm. Reese was a decent villain. Yeah. A little bumbling, but he, that's um, to be expected. He, I don't think he got a lot of attention, though. No. Like, had she put in more effort into writing his parts, then he might have been more interesting. And that's, Trudy was, like, the least fun. No, yeah. I think, And I think that's why, if it were a full-length novel, I would like it a lot more. Yeah, it needs to be developed a little bit more. Yeah. So I would say a three. Yeah, same here. All right, moving on. Christmas, Second story. Christmas bonus by Lori Foster. If you want to read that one, go for it. Arguably the worst one. Was it, though? Yes. <laughs> I'll explain in due time. Here we go. Two dedicated coworkers with a lot of secrets and fantasies between them must plan a Christmas party side by side and discover a love worth celebrating in this steamy office romance. Okay. Okay. We have a lot of issues with this one. Um, when was this one written? Just to compare. Thousand. Let me pull it back up. Um, this is Christmas bonus. This was in two thousand. Okay, I think that might be part of our problem. I was in, I was a freshman in high school in 2000. I was in fifth grade. Do you know what's really bizarre? (laughs) Realizing that our friendship, like our age difference. Yeah. You were the same age as my little sister. Right. And I never think of it that way until we start having these discussions where (laughs) we realize realize that I am 36 years old and my best friend is my sister's age. I told my students that... I'm turning 33 next year. Uh-huh. And they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, I told you guys I turned 32 this year. Yeah. And they're like, when? And so we're talking about it. And they're like, you look like you're 20. And I was like, that's really nice of you. How cute. I don't believe you. <laughs> but thank you very much. So, okay. So I think that might be the biggest issue here might be that this did not age well at time. This might have been a hot and heavy story. In, because the writing style reminds me a lot of the story we didn't like that wasn't by Sandra Brown. Bittersweet Rain. Yeah. The style that of this. was by Sandra Brown, not by Nora Roberts. Okay, that's what we messed up. <laughs> They're all kind of clumped together in like that weird 90s, early 2000s, like seeming, I don't know. Whereas the Sandra Brown novel was <clears throat> written, I was a year old when that book came out. Oh, God, it's so bad. Okay, so I think that's maybe the problem with this one. And so the basic story here is that this girl has turned woman. It was a coming of age. Maggie. And she was working at her father's company, which is like a sporting goods company. Mm-hmm. And when he died, he left the company to her to run. Everyone thought that Eric, who is like his second in command, was going to become the president of this. Right. Whereas Maggie, this guy's daughter, did. Yeah. So... She's 23 in the story, and she started working there when she was 17. Yes. She's 22. Okay, yeah. And Eric is 10 years her senior. 32. So, like, as far as an age gap goes, not a terrible age gap because it's 10 years. No, because... We've talked about that before. uh, My, you know, my ex-boyfriend was 13 years older than me. I'm and I'm always of the opinion that after a decade, it's, it's a little rocky because you don't know what to talk about. And you don't have things in common. And so she is 10 years younger. She is, this guy, Eric, is harboring the biggest crush on her. Biggest boner on the face of the earth. Biggest boner. Um, And he doesn't realize it, but she has also got a massive crush on him. Right. And so he's like, it starts with his perspective. And he's talking about how 
he misses her being more carefree because since she's taken over the company, since she's become the major shareholder, she's very serious. She's lost a lot of her, like, fun, whimsical things about Christmas that she used to do. She used to come in with, like, light-up bells, bells, pins. All the fun stuff, and now she's wearing a frumpy suit. She's cut her hair, which he was super in love with, and he's just been, like, daydreaming about her since they met. Or I don't want to say since they met, because she was 17, but it's kind of that. It is, because he And he always talks about, like, how that was wrong, because that was, like, her dad was his best friend. Well, and he talks about how... um, she come, She would come in in the summer in her short shorts no bra. and her long legs and no bra and how it would be cold in the office. And I was like, ew, she's a child. Okay, but like nipples get everyone's attention. So like fair point there. I mean, we even. But still creepy. We even look at men's nipples. Okay, because happens. sometimes when you wear a tight t-shirt, your nips are just going to be like out there. True. You know, it just, it happens. Anyways. <laughs> So she comes to his office and she's like, I need to ask you a favor. I need you to be my date to the Christmas party because people keep asking me and I don't want to go with anyone and they're pressuring me and whatever. And he's like, that's weird. A bunch of women have been asking me and I've turned them down. She's like, well, I told them you were helping plan the Christmas party. So, you know, can can you be my date to it? And he's yeah. like, sure. And she's like, don't worry. It's already all planned. So like the the like little excerpt or the little blurb here is wrong. Because they're not planning the party side by side. It's already planned. It's, it's already like planned. two days away. Yeah. Um. And so then they're like talking about that and they leave his office and they're caught in the mistletoe. And there's a kiss and it's like a big deal. And then that leads to like Boner City. Well, like, she leaves and Eric is left behind. Right. And then he thinks maybe she's not gone. Maybe she's still in the office. And he goes to go into her office. Mm-hmm. He finds the sheet of erotica. Just one page, which I don't understand that. Well, so he finds it, and he's like, there has to be more. It's written by her. There has to be more. And he finds her manuscript in the bottom of a drawer. Also, huge violation of privacy. Yeah. And then he reads the whole thing. And he's like, I'm kind of like the dude in this. And she's not the woman in this. What the hell? And then he goes to her house. Right. And is like, I'm here to fuck you. Right. Which is basically what it but was. But then she keeps, like, begging him to make love to her. And then I think there's, like, a virginity thing. Yes, there is a virginity which thing. Which is also strange. But not until after they've done it that he realizes it. Right. Which is, like, whatever. That's fine. But then... Virginity is a social construct. But then they're like, I'm so in love with you. Oh, my God, I'm so in love with you, too. We can't. We she can't. finds out he read the manuscript and he's like, you're really talented. She's we like, should do all those things in your writing. I've written all of these novels. This is like my And then number the novel. next day they attend the party together and announce their engagement. And as like a, a nice thing, they also give shares, shares to, to each of the employees because they want to be equal partners in the business. Yes. So they had to make the employees also shareholders. Um, and the employees are like, finally, you two are hooking up, blah, blah. Oh, okay. Back to our book. Um, well, that's the whole story. That was the whole story. (laughs) It was very short. It was very short. This one was, was this the shortest one? I, yes. Because the last one was the longest one. Uh Uh-uh. The first one is. Really? Yeah. Because they're, the last two were like 90 pages. The last one felt like the longest one. It felt like the longest because it was stupid. 
And we'll get into that because True. I didn't like dislike this one as much as I disliked the last one. Really? See, and yes. I'm flipped. Because you don't like a huge age gap. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, that's fine, whatever. I don't care about that. Age gap, age gap. Who cares? Okay, but like our issues with this extend to more... Extend than- to the fact that the company was so excited for them to get married. Finally? Yeah. She's only 22. And like, what the hell? It was weird. Um, We all know where I stand on an age gap. I've been there. I've done it. It is what it is. Um, see, and I, I haven't done like a bigger age gap than a couple years. No, like four years, yeah. five years. Whereas mine is 13. And like, my we've parents- talked about this before. Like, it's just not something that works in novels no. very often, partly because it gets a little creepy with the borderline pedophilia. Well, then you like have, this one. Then you, ha- you run into things like daddy kink because they're older. Yeah, and that's just, if you're into that, then you're into that. But I'm not. No, you're very staunchly against it. And, um, yeah, because I'm going to call someone daddy. It's not going to be someone who's actually could be my daddy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. Like, so that's like a whole different problem. (laughs) Like, if I'm going to call some dude daddy, it's going to be like in the heat of the moment. Or, I don't know. That's... Not, not really. someone who's old enough to be your but father. But that's not really something I would do anyways. No. Like. No, that's not something Putting your special request, will review it. I don't know. <laughs> Send us an email. <laughs> DM us. I need at least 24 hours notice before I do anything <laughs> like that. So, um, one to five. <laughs> what are you giving this one? I'm going to give it a one. It was not, out of the three, it was not one that ranged very highly for me. Um, Partly because... The sex was weird. Okay. The being in love thing, I don't mind. Like, they both secretly are in love with each other. That's, like, a pretty common thing in romance novels. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind, like, the the company twist to it. Like, that's how they met and all that stuff. But just, like, this, the sticking point for me was the age, the age issue of being in love with her when she's 17, but you're 27. Yeah. Like, I tell my students all the time... If the guy at the mall who's old enough to work there, like, 18, is hitting on you and you're 13, there's a problem. And I feel that truly with the 17 to 27 age gap. But if he was, like, 19 or 20 when she was 17, I would have been fine with them crushing on each other. Yeah. Because that's really close. Yeah, that's a closer age. It's like, a couple years. Well, this goes to my child. There was a senior boy who told her that he had feelings for her. Right. My child is 15. And this boy is about to be 18. There was a big fat no for me. No, thank you. I'm having a hard enough time with her having a crush on a sophomore. Um, I gave this one a 2.5. Okay. Because I didn't hate it as much. In fact, you know what? No, we're going to give it a solid two. Okay. I feel like. A solid two fits a little bit better. So I gave this one a two because I didn't hate it as much as I despised the last one. And we'll get into why I despised the last one here in a minute. Okay. I felt like, yes, the age gap was creepy. It was just explained in a creepy way. If if they had said that she is like an intern fresh from college that he fell in love with, that implies that you're old enough to have graduated college and you're yeah. like 21. I would have been 22. okay if he didn't talk about her nipples until she was 
in her 20s. Yeah. But he very clearly did it Everyone when Everyone has was private mom. fantasies, and that's fine. P- and P- I understand yourself. that, like, in your head, the image you have of that person that you find sexy remains that image even though you're older. And I yeah. get that. It was just the the descriptive, like, longing <laughs> from him was, like, very strange. It was incredibly weird. Yeah. So that one's going to be a two for me. Okay. Um, could it have been better? Yes. It was very rushed. That was another good thing that I didn't like. Um, Where did they find an engagement ring the day before the party? Like, it wasn't, like, it wasn't Christmas, Christmas, but it was, like, the Christmas Eve party. How did they find one in time that fit her? I don't know. Maybe she has, like, dainty, tiny hands or something and everything fits her. Fuck that. I mean, I, for a fat (laughs) girl, I have fairly dainty, tiny hands. My fingers are long as fuck, but they're skinny. I think my fingers are skinny, and then I try on rings, and I'm like, oh, no. Because, like, if I want a comfortable ring, I wear, like, a nine. Really? I can wear an eight or a nine, yeah. I'm a seven. See, and my, but I don't have, like, sausage fingers. No, you don't. I have, like, my aunt, one of my dad's aunts growing up always told me that I should play piano because I have piano fingers, which I think is funny because I have, like, small hands. You do have very small hands. I do. But I don't have squatty fingers, no. which is confusing. But yeah, big, of the, ch- big of the two of us to play piano, it was one hundred percent me. And oh it was yeah, because of these big ass hands. Yeah, no, not me. I played the flute, and that was a stretch. I played piano, and I played the saxophone, and it was not a stretch. Anyways, ring shopping takes a while, and watching my sister go ring shopping when my sister got married. They went everywhere. They couldn't find anything. They finally found something she liked without realizing it. They bought her a ring that she was allergic to. Yeah. She's been married for years at this point, because I think my niece was a year and a half, two years old at the time that they got married. And now my niece is 10. Mm -hmm. So they've been married like eight years. Yeah. But like she wore her ring for six months. And then couldn't wear it anymore. Yeah. And then she just went on an adventure where my brother-in-law was like, go buy a new ring. If you find something you like, we'll talk about it. She spent forever. She was sending me and our mom, what about this one? What about that? I think I like this one. I think I like that. She finally found a ring. Yeah. But they've been married for eight years at this point where she finally found a ring that she's not allergic to. Yeah. and like upsetting. My sister had to get a new ring, but it's because her original ring um had tiny diamonds outside and mm-hmm. every time she would go to get it cleaned the diamonds would fall out yeah and that was really annoying and so she's like i'm just gonna get a different ring but now a lot of people do like the silicone rings instead mm-hmm. and i've looked at them and they're bulky like i understand if you're someone who works out a lot and you want to wear a ring i understand that but they're really bulky and i don't like that yeah i know no but those didn't exist in the year 2000 those are very very new no, they did not exist. Um, in fact, a lot of rings were still gold. Yeah, that's what my parents wear. Their wedding bands are gold. Ooh. But they were born, or they were born, they were uh, married in the 80s. So. Yeah, that makes more sense. All right. Last the one. Last one. In this anthology from hell. Here we go. <laughs> from this anthology in hell. Let me get the title of the last one. Um, it is Naughty Under the Mistletoe. Yep. Yes, it is by Carly Phillips. A mistletoe moment begins when a no-nonsense lawyer, intent on seducing her boss, meets his twin instead. After giving him a skint, skint, scintillating, I hate that word. I always want to say scintillating because that's what we joke about. Yeah. Scintillating kiss that leaves him begging for more. 
That's okay. literally that's all it says. Two two sentences and oh no, one very long sentence and a very stupid word. Um, this was written in 2001, and it previously appeared in an anthology called Naughty or Nice. Maybe that's what I've read, because I swear to God I've read this stupid story before. Christmas Bonus was written um, in 2000 and originally appeared in All I Want for Christmas. I don't know. I read this, and I was like, I've definitely read this before, but I could not place when or how or why. So, okay. So this one, <laughs> we have... I don't even know their names. I'm going to look. I'm going to look. It's um the guy's name Tony. is Max. Tony is the woman and Max. And Max. And Tony works in this office and she's getting ready to work in a different office but it's run by the same company and she loves Christmas and she had a rough childhood so she always makes sure to like that to arrange for the company to give back to the women's shelters mm-hmm. and stuff, right? And so this year, because it's her last time in this office at the Christmas party, um, the president of the company or the owner of the company can't be Santa Claus, so she's going to be an elf. So she's in her little elf costume with her little boots and her little anklet that becomes very important because it's sexy and it's fur covered with bells. (laughs) It all sounds weird already. And so she goes down and um, then we switch perspectives. Mm -hmm. And we have Max, who is the twin brother who is not a lawyer. Nope. And he's like looking around. He's like, oh, sexy elf kneeling by the tree. Big bag of toys. Let's go talk to her. see her black garter belt. Yeah, that was weird, too. She was going for sexy because she was going to seduce her boss, who is Max's twin Twin brother. brother. And so she looks up, sees the twin, and goes to kiss him. Because she, knee-jerk, is like, that's the guy that I want to hook up with, right? Wrong twin. So we have that weird trope that we don't ever read. Then they fall in love, weirdly. Yeah, because they can't take their eyes off each other at the party. And he's only visiting because, turns out, he's an agent. He's an investigator. And so he convinces her, like, hey, let me take you on a date. And she's like, but where would you go on a date right now? It is like Christmas Eve or I don't know. Who I don't has think it's Christmas, it, no, it is Christmas parties Eve. on Christmas Eve. Crazy people. Yeah, no, fuck That's you. Right. I'm not doing a Christmas party. Crazy I'm going people. to be with my family. And um so they go to this bar that his friend owns and he rents the the apartment upstairs because mm-hmm. he travels a lot and stuff. And they end up playing like strip pool. And then, like, bearing their souls to each other and telling their deepest secrets and shit. On the first night. Because they're in love with each other, Jess. Oh, my God. Whatever. (laughs) And it gets too sexy. And then she, they're, like. Almost have sex. Almost having sex on the pool table, which is not a good idea. No, because now you've unbalanced the pool table. Yeah, now now everybody's mad at you. And um, he's like, by the way, I brought your fur bell anklet from the car and puts it on her ankle and then carries her upstairs and then they have sex. And then he calls her vagina a feminine secret cat. He used a lot of weird euphemisms that we don't use. On my own personal Twitter. (laughs) I'm going to pull the tweet up. My own personal Twitter account. I wrote, if I can get there, if you can write an explicit sex scene, then you can also refrain from using the term feminine secret when referring to a vagina. 
It's very, very early 2000s, though. I hated it. I think it's because the alternatives for female body parts are not very good. Well, this was also 2001. And we didn't talk about vaginas in 2001. Yeah, because pussy was pretty new in popularity in the 2000s. Yeah. So. That was a term to, you know, we call people pussies because they were wimps. Well, because they replaced pansy because that yeah. became homophobic. It's a whole deal. Okay. It's a whole linguistics so issue, but. She wakes up and he's in the shower and she hears a voicemail from his brother being like, hey, dad wants to talk to you about running that new office, but it's supposed to be like tongue in cheek, right? Yeah. But she doesn't take it that way because she's panicking. Because she just slept with her boss. Right. And so she panics, gathers her shit and leaves. And then he's like, where the hell did she go? And then listen to the I'm like, oh man, she would have known he was joking. Because I guess. The dad tries to get him to move back and be a lawyer all the time, but he doesn't want to. Anyways. So he goes to her office. That was the deepest sigh. Because I it's like a from dumb you in so long. <laughs> so he goes to find her back at the office because he can't find her. No one knows where she is. And his brother's like, she's probably at the office. Yep. Why? And he's like, I gotta, I gotta fix this. And so he shows up and is like, listen, I love you. I'm sorry this was so weird. He was just joking. We need to give this a try. And she's like, I love you too. One night. I feel really connected with you, all this stuff. One night. Sometimes that's all it takes, Jess. No. No. And then it's like the happily ever after version. No. Um, Their relationship lasted six weeks. They broke up. They haven't spoken <clears throat> to each other since. And he still shows up Oh my god, that's in your brain. <laughs> So that's where it ends, though. They're, like, gonna fuck in her office. Or her old office. Because she was packing to leave. Yeah. Um, And that's... That's it. That was literally it. Like, it wasn't much more in-depth than that at all. I hated this one. I know. I read Feminine Secret and Her Feminine Mound during their sex scene. And I closed the book and screamed. I scared the cat. I'm not sorry. I hated this one. They fell in love after one date where they almost fucked on a pool table in his buddy's bar that he lives in. They just know that they're there to complete each other. No. (laughs) Absolutely not. Our point is none of these were good. No. While we discuss that, one to five. Where are you at on this one? I'm going to go two. A point five. And that's being generous. (laughs) Our point is, we don't think we should read anthologies anymore. You know, we got really excited. I got really excited because Kat picked Jennifer Cruzy. And I was like, I've never read Jennifer Cruzy. I hear great things. I'm excited. Let's do this. Hers was I will the only say hers was at least entertaining. Yeah. The other two were just like weird. This book progressively got hornier. Right. And that sometimes helps or it makes it worse. In this case, it kind of made it, it worse. It made it worse. But we'll also point out that the last time we did an anthology, we were very confused because we read through it, and the worst one was the headliner. Yeah. It was also the shortest one and the last one. Yep. This one, our headliner was first, most entertaining. And the longest. And the longest, which is what you would expect if you're going to throw a big name on the front. Yeah. And, uh, but we still didn't love no. them. No. I would be willing to read the Jennifer Cruzy again if it were longer. Like a and more standalone? Yeah, like a standalone. Okay. Like, 
actual full length novel. Right. And I would And that would make sense. Yeah. But maybe that just means we need to try a Jennifer Cruzy actual romance. Oh, a hundred percent. And see if it's something as good as we're predicting. Because I don't remember what ones I would have read of hers. I have one on my shelf. Oh, well, there you go. So, okay, well, that is <laughs> Santa Baby. That's Santa Baby. Um, that's our thoughts. Enjoy that. Um, early 2000s. One of these stories, these stories are 20 years old. Yeah. They did not hold up. No. They did not hold up. Um, our next one, though, that we're going to record right now, but you won't hear it until after Christmas, is going to be In a Holidays by Christina Lauren. I was excited for this one because it's Christina Lauren. Uh, mostly the why, why I was excited. But um, join us for that one. Um, this will be before New Year's. And have a happy holiday. I hope that you have a good day, whether that's spending the day with your family or spending the day on your own or surrounded by family that you've created for yourself. Have a good holiday. Self-care if it's not going to be good. And just know that we love you in a weird friendship way, not in an actual romantic way, because that's not how I roll my life. And remember, until next time, bad bitches read romance. Bye. Bye.